Welcome to PTJ Author Interviews. PTJ Editor-in-Chief Alan Jetty talks with authors about the most interesting and sometimes surprising aspects of their work. And now, Dr. Jetty. I want to welcome listeners to this PTJ podcast. This is Alan Jetty, Editor-in-Chief of PTJ. And today I'm very pleased to have as my guest Dr. Francois DeMule from the Maison Nerve Rosemont Hospital Research Center, the University of Montreal Affiliated Research Center, and the School of Rehabilitation in the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Montreal. Francois, welcome. Thank you. Today we're going to talk about a study that Francois and his colleagues published in PTJ. It's entitled Benefits of Musculoskeletal Physical Therapy in Emergency Departments, a Systematic Review. Francois, let me start by saying I really enjoyed reading your paper. It was extremely clear and I think really important. I'll do a brief summary for our listeners and then we can talk about it, okay? Yeah, that's perfect. The purpose of the systematic review was to update current evidence regarding physical therapist care for patients who had musculoskeletal disorders who were seen in emergency departments. Uh, the authors included 15 studies, and the quality of the evidence was quite heterogeneous. Nonetheless, physical therapist care for patients with musculoskeletal disorders in EDs was seen to be beneficial, with two studies of moderate to high quality finding no significant difference in cost between physical therapist care and usual care in the emergency departments, and six studies of varying quality reported that patients were as satisfied or more satisfied with physical therapist care as compared to usual medical care in the emergency department. Let's start by talking about uh, the type of care provided by the therapist. In your article, you explain that in addition to providing usual physical therapist care, some of the therapists were working in what you referred to as advanced practice or extended scope practice. Could you talk about the key differences between those two models of care provided by the therapist? Yes, of course. Um, when we refer to uh, advanced practice physiotherapy roles, and uh, in terms of the new roles that you, you do see physios taking into emergency department. It, it usually includes a more autonomous care of patients to replace physicians in some sort of way. So that could include making a specific, you know, MSK disorder diagnosis or a medical diagnosis, also requesting medical imagery, prescription or uh, recommendation of medication, and also setting up the proper discharge of the patient if the patient needs to go back home, needs to be hospitalized, needs to be referred to specialist care. So that's that's usually what we call advanced practice physio, and it's not, you know, it's not only seen in emergency department. We do see, you know, these kinds of new models of care uh, elsewhere, especially in specialist care, either orthopedics or rheumatology is very common in, in some countries. So that's that's for advanced practice physiotherapy care. And so, and when we, we talk about the usual physical therapist care in EDs, it's it's 
it's more the usual, you know, role of a physiotherapist, you know, that's going to be uh, seeing a patient after it's been seen by the physician for an initial evaluation and initiation of a, of a medical treatment. Then the physician will, you know, refer patient to be seen by a physiotherapist, either within the emergency department or, you know, uh, just closely by or in the following days seen by the physios in their own department there. Great. And I'll refer back to the two different models as we talk about your findings. I was struck, uh, you reviewed a large number of studies, but in the end only 15 met your inclusion criteria. And of those 15, three were randomized trials, two were quasi-experiments, and 10 were observational studies. And, And in your paper, you explained that the quality varied greatly, and only 40% were found to have strong methodological quality. Uh, it struck me that with only three uh, trials, why do you think there were so few randomized trials in this area of investigation? Well, I, I think there, there's many reasons for, you know, not having a lot of RCTs being conducted and being published on that matter. So, uh, first of all, uh, at least in Canada where I'm, I'm based, you know, RCDs are, are difficult to fund and they're difficult to set up and they, they, and conducting them, you know, costs a lot of money. So getting these funded, these kind of studies funded is, is, is a bit more challenging. And, uh, and also, uh, it's, 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 it's not depending on which countries that you're looking at the advanced practice physiotherapy model or the use of, of physiotherap- physiotherapists in EDs. But depending on the implementation of these kinds of models, you know, they might be less relevant into conducting such studies in certain settings. For example, UK and Australia have been developing advanced practice models of care for a long time. So there might be a bit less of a, an interest into conducting these kind of randomized controlled trials where we know that sometimes the external validity of, of these trials might be, might be questioned. And having an, in these countries, in these settings, they might want to do much more observational studies where, you know, of course, advanced practice physios and, and regular physios in EDs are already there working in that matter. So that might explain one of the reasons that, you know, we did we did not find a lot of RCPs related to uh, uh, physiotherapy in emergency department to treat uh, MSK uh, disorder patients. Yeah, it makes sense. Although it, it, is, it is disappointing because as I thought about your findings, if we had more trials with stronger internal validity, you might have been able to draw stronger conclusions. That's true. That's true. It is. It is one of the limitations of our review. It's the the available evidence is somewhat, you know, uh, heterogeneous. But uh, you know, we're trying to. I, I know teams are trying to come up and, and, and fund RCTs uh, for looking specifically at the benefits of having a, an advanced practice physio in the emergency department. We've been, uh, our team in Canada, we've been trying to get a multi-centered 
uh, RCT funded for the last few years, and hopefully we might succeed into that. I think there's a window of opportunity right now, and I think some factors are very similar to what we see in the States, you know. So there's a lot of overcrowding in emergency department, and also the opioid crisis is a major issue in Canada. And having physios it seems to be an interesting new model of care that can, you know, help access and also outproduce opioid prescription. So we're, I mean, we've got pilot data and we're going to be publishing this in a few in a few months, but we've got pilot data uh, that we want to use to go on with this multi-centered pragmatic RCT that uh, that shows, you know, that, that, you know, physios in an advanced practice model of care are beneficial also uh, compared to usual med- medical care. Medical, medical care, sorry. Well, I'll be pulling for you because I think that would be really important uh, to have. It, it leads me to my next question, Francois. As you already yeah. indicated, the, the studies that you reviewed came from the U.K., from Australia, and there was one from China. But the, uh, I was struck that none of them who met your criteria were conducted in Canada or in the U.S. What, why do you think that was the case? Well, if, if we talk about the U.S. first, I think one of the major issues, if you look, if you look at new models of care and advanced practice, you know, these models are not only in emergency department. These models have emerged in, in public health care system to tackle costs and to also uh, improve access to care. And I'm not saying there's no cost issues with the healthcare system in the U.S. or no access problem in the U.S. Uh, healthcare system. But these problems, you know, since it's privately funded, you know, the, the issue is probably a little bit less relevant. And for the part of Canada, there's a few ongoing projects in terms of, you know, looking at the benefits of advanced practice physiotherapy. Our team has been publishing a few things in terms of advanced practice physio, not only in the EDs, and I know other groups of researchers are doing the same thing. There's a big shift right now in Canada where the medical community has much more accepted the fact that they want to have autonomous professionals, not only physiotherapists, to help tackle wait times, access problems, and also reduce costs. So we do see, for example, in the in the last few years, physiotherapists in certain provinces in Canada are allowed to prescribe autonomously imaging, and also this is going to be also implemented in the province of Quebec, where some of my studies are being conducted. So soon, uh, physiotherapists will have access to autonomously prescribed imaging. So overall, you know, one of the reasons that we don't, don't see a lot of these studies uh, right now. I think I think our profession in North America uh, is, is probably not as advanced in terms of implementing advanced practice physiotherapy model. But I guess it's changing quite rapidly, and we're trying to, I would say, mimic what's going on in Ireland, UK, or Australia, where we do see very strong, you know, implementation of models of advanced practice physiotherapy in different settings, including uh, the emergency department. That's interesting. I I wasn't aware of those differences. Uh, Thank you for clarifying it. Let's talk a little bit about your findings. Uh, Given the variability in design and quality, let's start by talking about how you would summarize your findings with respect to the efficacy of PT care in the emergency department. 
Well, Alan, as you mentioned earlier, you know, we, we did include 15 studies, and the quality of the evidence is quite heterogeneous, and designs are too. But our view concluded that, you know, physical therapist's care for patients with MSK disorders in EDs, you know, it, it may be beneficial. We need more data to be able to formally conclude on, on all the benefits, the potential benefits of it. But we did see that, you know, that physical therapy care in ED was as, as, as effective or more effective than usual medical care for pain reductions for patients. And also, uh, we had studies that looked at, you know, uh, the effectiveness in terms of uh, reducing disability. And, and these studies uh, concluded that, you know, that physical therapy care was at least as effective as usual medical care to, to care for patients with MSK disorders in the ED. The other thing is, um, uh, is we also did see that, you know, patients, you know, going into these models of care, seeing a physiotherapist and not necessarily always seeing a physician when they go to the ED, uh, led to greater satisfaction with care also, which is an interesting item. So patients might, you know, think that they'll see a physician when they go to the ED, which is the usual model, model of care, or fine with not seeing a physician uh, and being seen by a physio and being cared by a physio in these new models of care. And that's something that's very important in terms of trying to move these models along and trying to implement these models to make sure that, you know, there's satisfaction with these types of care for patients and they're, they're accepted by the patient also. And I think overall those findings are quite encouraging. I was also pleased that you looked at other aspects such as the cost and the use of medical imagery, test ordering, and drug prescription, if I were to hypothesize, I would have hypothesized that at least the advanced practice models of physical therapy should have reduced the use of those kinds of uh, costly procedures. Could you summarize what you found when you looked at that area? Yeah, so so the, the literature in terms of looking at costs and also looking at use of uh, of resources is a bit more muddy in terms of the results that we uh, that we did find in our study. So we did include two RCTs that had an economic analysis, and these studies were done in the UK. And uh, they are they also did not show any cost reduction when using the advanced practice physiotherapy model compared to usual care. Although the RCTs had a strong methodological quality to it, the cost analysis part of it, you know, uh, there were some potential uh, limitation to the methodology that it used that could explain why they did not see any reductions in cost. Because on, on the other side, if you look at resource use by physiotherapists, and I'm talking about, you know, prescribing, managing, ordering drugs, uh, drug prescription, we did see that in terms of medical imagery, test drug, other tests and drug prescription, uh, the advanced practice physiotherapy care model uh, usually prescribed less of these and uh, with equal efficacy. And although, you know, the, the, the quality of the literature on that is not super strong, but we did see significant reductions in terms of, uh, of resource use in the EDs. So we've got two of the RCDs with cost analysis that are not showing any cost reduction, and those were done in the UK. And obviously this is very 
you know, this is very uh, setting specific. So it might change from one setting to the other and, you know, in terms of the financial aspects of how people are reimbursed and physicians and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff that's very specific to where the study was conducted. So we did not see any cost reduction in these two randomized controlled trials. But there's sometimes we had other studies that did show that, you know, reduction in medical imaging test ordering and drug prescription. So, yeah. So it, it's a bit it, – it's, it's difficult if you look just our review to, to conclude formally in terms of, uh, of you know, is, are these new models of care cost-efficient? But at the same time, if you look at the advanced practice physiotherapy models of care in other settings, there's quite a bit of literature showing, you know, that these, these models of care can be cost-effective and, uh, and, and be very beneficial to, to the healthcare system. It certainly was likely to be the case in the United States. I would love to see some trials with strong cost uh, components that looked at that issue in emergency departments because I suspect given the incentives that are still in place in this country, we might see some real differences in the U.S. Yeah, and, and there's there's some data in the U.S. that's showing that, you know, if you have access to a, a physiotherapist in primary care, not necessarily in DEB, you do show a reduction in, in cost uh, later on in the episode of care for these patients. And you do see a reduction in imaging use and uh, medication prescription and opioid use. So there seems to be something there when you put physio, you know, upstream in the uh, in the healthcare system yeah. to see patient with MSP disorder. So that's yeah. it, it needs to be formally, uh, you know, uh, proved in the ED. But there's data elsewhere showing, you know, there's benefit to that. You also looked at uh, safety of care. Any indication of a negative impact on safety? particularly for PTs operating in an expanded scope of practice? Well, you know, in terms of safety, the included study that we uh, that, that we uh, had in our systematic group did not show uh, an increased number of adverse events. There's only one study, uh, and they uh, were two cases of misfractures uh, were initially not seen on radiograph. But the uh, overall sample of, of patients seen by these advanced practice physiotherapy was over a thousand patients. So, so overall, you know, it doesn't seem to be uh, any negative impact in terms of safety of care uh, when you're uh, implementing those advanced practice physiotherapy model of, of care. That said, you know, if we're going to be implementing more and more physiotherapists in, in emergency department, it does need to conform to the highest standard of safety. And we do need to look at that very closely. And one of the problems that we have in some jurisdiction at this time is, you know, how do we formalize the training of physiotherapists that work in, in these capacities? So how to make sure that they're competent, that it can be safe. And that's one of the limitations of our uh, review. It was very difficult to figure out exactly what was the experience or the training of the physiotherapists working in the EVs uh, at, the, at this point. So we do need to, to look into that, and I think we'll see worldwide, and in the U.K. and Australia, we do see this coming along quite well at, at this time. And in Canada, some programs are, 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 being, uh, are being put forward. We've got formalized training programs for advanced practice physios, including uh, and having them, you know, being safe and effective to work into advanced practice physio settings such as the EV. 
Well, I think that's one of the clear take-home messages from your work, and I was glad that you had uh, written about that in your discussion. Any other take-home policy implications that you would want to share with our listeners before we close? Well, you know, we did talk about the fact that, you know, one of, of, the, of our results and conclusion is that it's unclear how, you know, beneficial in terms of cost-saving and cost-efficiency uh, uh, these kinds of models can be. You know, changing policies in our LTO system is often driven by, you know, reducing costs and being more efficient. So I think there's the uh, – although our review does suggest that usual physical therapy and advanced practice physical therapy care uh, is as effective and is safe as usual medical care, I think we need more uh, good studies, RCTs, looking at cost analysis also to make more definitive conclusions in terms of, you know, the benefits of the advanced practice physical therapy care model or the physiotherapy emergency department model. Uh, in our system, and, and so having these evidence is certainly uh, something that's warranted, and if the data is good and if it supports the use of that, I'm sure it, it's going to be helpful to try to implement more of these models, you know, either in Canada or the U.S. and obviously at World Well, I want to thank you, Francois, first of all, for publishing this uh, review in PTJ. I really did enjoy reading it, and encourage our listeners to take a look at it, and, and I thank you for taking the time today to talk with me about, about your study. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for having me talk about our review. We're really thrilled about publishing this in the Physical Therapy Journal, and hopefully it'll be a good read for you readers.